Hey friends, this is Jessica with Vibrant Voice Podcast. In this space, we explore the beauty of life, no matter what the pain of ashes and loss have left for you. I believe everyone has a story to tell, and the colors of your life create a beautiful masterpiece. In this podcast, I help you uncover what is standing in the way of you experiencing freedom in your life, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. You can walk away with simple strategies to connect with truth and find your vibrant identity. So pause, take a breath, and let's get started. Hey, hey there, friends. Thanks for joining us today on the Vibrant Voice podcast. It's been a hot minute since we jumped on here, and I am so excited about what's ahead. I have been looking at what's been asked of me and some interesting questions that have come up recently in my podcast world, in my coaching world, in the clients that I interact with. And one of the things that has come up quite a bit recently Uh, that I wanted to kind of start this series off with today is talking about the idea of people pleasing. So if you're new to us, I'm so glad that you could join us, that you could be here with us. My name is Jessica Vibrant, um, and I'm so happy to jump in here and connect with you. So I would love for you to comment on it, share this with anybody that it might connect with, but hopeful that you're able to get something out of this today that can really connect with who you are and where you're at, and maybe some things to kind of help get you to a place of the freedom that you're looking for. So we are going to start a new series called the Freedom Series. I am a firm believer that there are things in life that we can walk free of, and this series is going to be talking about different topics that people have requested us to look at in practical things to know about them and their life and then how to walk out and get some freedom from them. So glad you could join us today. If you have things you would love to be free of, I'd love for you to send in an email, uh, vibrantvoice20 at gmail.com, message Vibrant Voice on Facebook, and just get connected with us so we can talk about what it is that you desire to have freedom from. So that being said, one thing that has come up probably the most often, especially in my last few conversations uh, with clients and just in talking in general, is this idea of people pleasing and wanting freedom from operating in a place where we are people pleasers. So I don't know about you, but it seems like there is quite a few people out there that could identify with, hey, how do I not be a people pleaser? And it's one thing I've noticed is that it's just become part of our language. It's just part of kind of how we communicate. Oh, I'm just such a people pleaser. It's almost like we've put that on to wear it as a badge. And I'm not really sure that it's necessarily a badge of honor, but it's almost as if we've given it to ourselves as a badge of excuse. Like, well, this is just kind of who I am. So I want to challenge some kind of thinking on that today and talk about practical things maybe you can do moving forward so that you don't have to continue that. I'm a firm believer in um, what scripture in the Bible says. Um, Proverbs 
1820, that where it says life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it eat of its fruit. I think we forget that last part quite a bit, um, where we we talk about, um, actually it's verse, verse 21 that says that, that, and I love, you know, um, this idea that we can speak out things and what we speak can communicate life and death. When you study out the science side of things, our words have energy attached to them. Um, and that energy is put out into the atmosphere and it, it brings things to life. Just like God, the creator spoke creation into existence. We also have that potential. And what actually happens is our brain structure changes by words that we say. We create these words, create thoughts, thoughts, create belief systems, belief systems activate us to action. And we keep going in this cycle, right? That's how we have this power, so to speak, in what we're saying. It's interesting though, the verse, so Proverbs 18, 21 was the scripture I was referencing, but it's interesting that what it says right before that in verse 20, a man's stomach is satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. He is satisfied with the increase of his lips. So what we're saying, what we, what we attach ourselves to can create satisfaction in us um, at the gut level, but really at the heart level can satisfy us and help us feel at joy and at peace but it can also do the opposite so this idea of like well I'm just a people pleaser can really set us off to feel misaligned in our body we feel that so where does this idea of being a people pleaser come from Um, I think that so much of our actions come from past encounters in relationships. Those past encounters with relationships often start in childhood. We learn as children and as babies how to respond in situations based on how we're raised. Now, is this an excuse to just say, see, I knew my parents just screwed me up. I can blame them for everything. Absolutely not. I do think it's important to be aware of where the seed was planted or the, where the seed entered into our mind that that was allowed to grow and that we continue to act on. So just like in nature, when you plant a seed and then you have water and nutrients and sunlight, all that stuff reinforces the seed and it's able to grow. It has a, has a suitable environment for it. It's able to grow and produce, right? The same happens in our mind. When we have an action and somebody else has a reaction to it, we change our action to get their desired reaction. And when we get a desired reaction out of them, we've affirmed in ourselves, okay, that's a good action to have. And then we keep participating in those things until it's kind of just grown like a tree inside of us as part of our belief system, like, hey, we have to act this way or be this way. So it's helpful to have an awareness of that so we can make decisions and what we want to do going forward with it. It's by no means an excuse. So some things to bring to mind as to how you might have gotten to this place of people pleasing in general could be, I think a lot of it stems from this idea of feeling uncared for or neglected. 
Now, it doesn't mean that there was actual neglect or actual uncaring there by parents or guardians, but it's the translation of that. And what I've come to see so much of is that sometimes the love language or the personality style or the communication style of the parent or guardian is different than what it was of the child. And so how the child received the information into them actually impacted them in a way where it was perceived or received as you don't love me, you don't care for me, I feel neglected. And so say you have two parents who are highly logical, highly organized, structured, systematic, um, run very, um, they use a lot of maybe organizational structures They're in terms of like spreadsheets and documents and have a lot of systems and processes in place. And they have a child who's completely opposite of that. Very free flowing, very fun and vibrant and spontaneous and silly and just, you know, sometimes chaotic and all over the place. The, the past, the communication from the parents in that way is how they communicate to the child that they love them is sometimes directly said, I love you, but it's also said as, and I know you can do better. Um, did you, you know, did you try your best? Could you try harder? How could you fix this? How could you correct this? How could you level up? What the child may have heard in a lot of those instances is, unless I do it this way in this amount of time, I'm not able to be receiving love. I'm not worthy of love. And it starts this negative cycle of, okay, I have to adjust who I am in order to have my needs met or order to feel loved. So it's not that the parents weren't loving. It's how it was communicated sometimes where I think, honestly, the enemy entered in and told them a lie, but something to consider. So here's some things. One, maybe you weren't allowed to bring your needs to the table. Um, you weren't allowed to communicate. I feel hungry sometimes, or I'm, I'm thirsty, or I want a hug. It, it could be basic things. It could be much bigger things. Maybe you were yelled at when you were asked for help. Why don't you know that? You should already know how to do this. Why can't you do anything right? So that communication of needs was kind of shut down. Another thing is this idea that, second, that you believe that other people's moods are your fault and you have to fix them. Kids learn or choose to decide very early on that their parents' moods and responses and behaviors are their fault or something they could have done differently. So many teenagers that I talk to, young adults, we talk about past experiences and situations and we talk about like, when was the first time you noticed that you like experienced maybe that parents were angry or upset or disappointed with something you did or just in general? And kids will tell me about scenarios and it's this idea that like the the child has decided if I was different, if I did something better, if I did something more, if I acted better, if I cried less, if I was less rebellious, whatever, they, they have this whole list of things. And basically what they're saying is if I had been different then I honestly that I had the power to make my parents be different. And I, I kind of sometimes tongue in cheek being like, hey, we're like, where did you get that superpower? Because I would love to know how you had that superpower to just be able to change and control people's behaviors and actions. And they kind of look at me and roll their eyes like, seriously, lady, you're kind of crazy. <laughs> but the truth is, is like thinking about that reality as an adult, 
you're like, well, of course we don't have the ability to control anybody else. But as a child, we've stored that as the reason why things are uncomfortable. So we've chosen that it's our responsibility for other people's moods. And then we, we internalize that and we say, well, it must be my fault. If I would have listened better or done something better, then I would have been, they would, things would have been feel better inside of me. The third thing is you try to do everything perfectly because you were humiliated maybe when somebody was, um, when you made a mistake in the past, somebody made fun of you, especially somebody you looked up to, revered, or cared for. So now you're living in a state of fear that if I don't do this correctly or perfectly, I will let somebody down, I will disappoint them. And ultimately, I could be completely humiliated and made fun of. Maybe you were punished for saying no. You said no, you didn't want to do something, and then that got you into trouble. Or you um, learned how to observe people's emotional responses, and you changed your own so that you felt more at peace. A lot of times what happens in us, and we start this very early as children, we learn to gauge the emotional energy of the people around us. And we do, we make adjustments to help ourselves feel more at ease. And while we're making those adjustments, sometimes we've made adjustments that cause us to feel at ease, but we actually sacrifice what we're thinking, feeling, and believing in our own boundaries. We actually call that the fawn response in stress responses or trauma. So trauma has, not trauma, but stress responses in general have four main stress responses, fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. And fawn responses are where we sort of implode internally on ourselves and we take away our own permission from using our voice to have boundaries and to communicate things what we're thinking, feeling, believing, what we need more of, all of that stuff. And ultimately, it's where the biggest people-pleasing occurs. We have come to believe that who we are as an individual is only worth feeling loved and accepted if everybody else is at ease, is calm, is happy, and at peace. And we have begun, however far back in our life, we learned that pattern from the people around us. We made a few decisions from it, and it's stored as a belief system in us that the only way we can then experience peace, love, joy, even rest sometimes at night to be able to sleep well, is if we sacrifice our own thoughts, feelings, and belief just to make the environment feel safer. It's interesting what it talks about in scripture in Matthew, the Beatitudes, if you're familiar with that. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't talk at all about keeping the peace, which is ultimately what people pleasers do work towards keeping the peace. When the truth is, do we encounter more resistance by trying to make peace Absolutely, because we are pushing against something that someone else may find uncomfortable. Even we start to feel maybe uncomfortable pushing against that or creating a boundary. 
Instead, we would rather keep the peace by sacrificing who it is that we are and how we're functioning and and what's going on inside of us for a perceived sense of safety, a felt sense of safety that's perceived because there's not actual truth to this idea that we're creating safety because we have ignored our own safety. So we've existed in a state where we're like, okay, your happiness, your safety, your peace is way more important than mine. And I'm going to figure out how to adjust my own thoughts, feelings, and beliefs so that you can feel it can be peaceful here when really it's not peaceful inside of me at all. And in fact, I've told myself at that point that my peace, my value is not worth it. That it's, I can't even advocate for myself at that point. So it, it really is this place of, you know, recognizing, first of all, how we got set up or started in this place of people pleasing. There was this great, great quote I read from a lady on Instagram. And it says, I'm sorry that every time you tried to show up as your God-given self, you were told to come back when you were different. Ultimately, I think that is one of the reasons why people-pleasing gets ingrained in us. We take time to show up who we are, and somebody, oftentimes in a very unhealed state themselves, doesn't like it. And we have placed such a high value on that individual, high expectation on their um, emotional connection with us, that when they pushed back or they didn't like it, we told ourselves that we needed to be different. And thus began this pattern of like, okay, I value this person. Let's say your mom. I value this relationship with my mom. I want her to love and care for me. I did something. I didn't receive love and care back. So now I have to show up differently in order for me to feel like I can receive love and affection. So anytime then someone shows maybe body language signs, maybe facial expression signs, or we use words, that connect in our brain back to that feeling we had when we were like four, right? And then we it automatically triggers our response to just just give in, just say yes, whatever makes it easiest. If it's uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form, especially in our body, we start to feel that, you know, tension rise, maybe bubbles in our stomach, maybe heat rising in our cheeks, hearts start beating fast. It's all a response internally that says, this doesn't feel safe. This doesn't feel, it's not actually whether or not we physically are safe or not. It's whether our system is telling us we're safe. And so that moment things feel unsafe, we start to act on it. And immediately we're like, okay, whatever you want, whatever's easiest. We, we, we literally shut ourselves down and say yes to things. I was talking to a client the other day and the response I got was, I'm doing things that I don't feel comfortable with in any way, shape, or form, but it is 
I feel so uncomfortable with the thought that these people will be upset with me if I don't say yes to this. So this fawn response is, I think, much more difficult to recognize in a lot of people. We look at it as anxiety. We call it people-pleasing. <clears throat> we look at it in many different shapes and forms. And ultimately, it comes down to this idea that we don't believe that we have permission to show up in our true identity, set boundaries for ourselves, love ourselves, and communicate our needs adequately. And so therefore we respond with, this is just how it has to be. They have to feel, the only way I can feel safe is if everybody else is happy. And I'm not sure what world you live in, but um, I'm pretty sure that is in no way realistic. And I'm not saying that to place shame or judgment or any condemnation. I just want you to really be aware that it is not your responsibility in life to make sure everyone else is okay when you are not okay. It's actually a super harmful thing that you're doing to yourself and to the people around you by only being in this people-pleasing state. Now, what does it look like? What does, what does people-pleasing look like? You're like, well, I know what it looks like. I don't need you to tell me. But I just want you to think about something for those that may think, well, I'm not really a people-pleaser. On the outside, <clears throat> it could come across as somebody who's reliable, very motivated, helpful, organized, loyal, polite, productive, caring, and attentive, and understanding. So if you have those traits, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a people-pleaser. But what I would challenge you to think about is what does it look like on the inside when you're showing up like that on the outside. So the inside, when that's happening, looks like very self-critical, seeking validation, very negative self-image, feeling disconnected from self or others, having a low self-worth, or some would say low self-esteem, very anxious about things, feeling burnout, resentful of people, no boundaries or, or very small boundaries, lack thereof, difficult to communicate with boundaries sort of feeling lost in things and feeling lonely. So if the outside of you shows up as this great person who's amazing to everybody, but internally you're falling apart, you might want to think about the fact of, am I in a people-pleasing mode? Now, sometimes, especially in the faith world, we justify it with like, I'm just being kind. I'm just doing the right thing. Well, there is a difference. Um, are you really being kind? Are you really actually showing up to love others as you love yourself? Like this idea of everybody else has to feel good, but I don't really goes against scripture. When, when Christ was talking to people and telling them to love your neighbor as yourself, he wasn't saying to you, love everybody else, do for everybody else, take care of everybody else and put yourself last. And, and I've seen arguments with people was like, well, you know, it's easier for me to do that. Are you actually really loving people if you're not willing to love and care for yourself in some way, shape or form? It, are you actually truly being in a state of loving them? Because oftentimes loving is not just saying yes again and keeping the peace. Loving is also setting boundaries. It's speaking the truth in love. It's being honest with things. 
being willing to say, no, that's not going to work. Being willing to grow together in the situation. Walking away, shutting down, saying yes, just so that it feels less tense, which truly is a misperception of what's happening in the situation, is not in any way loving. It's selfish. And that may be a sting to hear. I'm being selfish right now because it's perceivingly easier to say yes to this situation than to hold my boundary and to be present for myself, to have some love for myself and take care of me in this so that I can ultimately be present for you better. Sometimes, you know, it comes down to even simple things. I, I had somebody tell me, well, I can't go to sleep at night unless I text all of these people on my list and make sure they're okay for the day. And so you're preventing yourself from sleeping. You know, when you think about our heightened emotional states that we experience, I often ask people that are so stressed out or in a heightened emotional state, are you hungry? It's the HALT acronym, if you've heard it before. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So if you are tired because you stayed up an extra hour just to make sure you got your text messages out to check on everybody and you were waiting for them back, ultimately you wake up the next day emotionally and physically depleted. Your body wasn't able to do the repair work it needed. And we do it under this guise of like, I'm just taking care of everybody else at my own deprivation because I love them and I care for them. Whereas if we had gone to bed before all those text messages got back and before we had that checklist checked off, got an extra hour of sleep, we wake up in the morning completely in a different state, completely refreshed, reset, because our body has actually been able to do the repair work we needed it to do. Then we can approach things much more emotionally reset and and calmer to actually be able to communicate boundaries and love and maybe activate resources for that individual that does need support. But staying up an hour later to make sure we sent the text message, are you okay? And waiting for the response and then being involved in that, that may not have been the best choice. I'm not saying to not do it. I'm just saying, is it something you need to think about in your life? So the questions then are, so we have this recognition, right? This awareness. So then we want to kind of really make a decision at that point after we recognize to reclaim the identity of who we are, right? Reclaim that identity that we are able to love ourselves and love others. We're able to set boundaries for ourselves and that's loving towards myself and others to reclaim the identity that you can be a peacemaker, not just a peacekeeper, which sometimes learn is a learn a process to learn how to set boundaries with somebody else, to walk through that communication. Um, maybe you need to release some things, release some old contracts you've committed yourself to in your mind. The contract of I have to act this way in order for everybody else to feel good and myself to feel good. 
you know, we, we have these belief systems that we make contracts with in our mind and then we begin to act on it. And so re reclaiming our, our identity and how we want to be in this, how do we want to be in relationships? How do we want to show up? How do we want to communicate? How do we want it to feel like? What do we want it to sound like or look like? Um, you know, some things to consider when you're reclaiming your identity is to consider the intentions that you talked about. Asking yourself, why did I say yes? Do I really want to do this thing? Is it because I'm feeling pressured? Or I don't want the other person to make me mad, to feel bad or to be mad at me? Did I just automatically do say yes out of habit? Uh, do Did I expect anything in return? Are there strings attached? Is this, is this an emotional transaction, a relational transaction? Am I looking for some sort of recognition or validation? Do I want people to acknowledge that I'm this amiable person that everybody can get along with and will make everything happen? And inside, I'm sacrificing my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about myself. I'm sacrificing. Sometimes we'll do this with relationships that we perceive have a bigger impact on our life. Like we do this with authority figures. We sacrifice. Um, we, we people please by how we view their impact on our life. So for instance, you may be a people pleaser with your boss but then you're allowing it to impact your relationships at home with your spouse or your children because it's easier to people please your boss and sacrifice the relationship at home. Sometimes we do it with members of our church. We want to please the pastor or the leadership or another member in, in church. Maybe it's in a peer group that we're in. And so we'll people please them, but then we come home and we allow that trauma and that frustration of that that's been set up in our heart and mind from people pleasing to spill out onto our families. Um, and then we can look at, am I really trying to prove myself or earn someone else uh, else's approval? So I really want you to look at what, what is your intention in this and how do you go about reclaiming your identity? So once you've looked at reclaiming your identity, you've, you've recognized where you're people pleasing and maybe how you got there, reclaiming your identity, there's this release and reset. Releasing all of the people and the places and experiences and situations this is tied to from your past. That oftentimes can be a forgiveness process of setting things up to really, truly release them to say, I release you. I bless you. You owe me nothing. Walking through and truly releasing from a forgiveness standpoint, all those people that had expectations of you showing up a certain way or, or even offering forgiveness to them for not loving you and caring for you and meeting needs the way you needed them met. So releasing them emotionally. Uh, I also think that prayer is a huge thing for you to kind of spend time in prayer with God and ask him specifically, how do I emotionally release these people from holding them captive? 
And a lot of times we hold people captive of like, you owed this to me. You owed me loving me the way I expected you to love me, caring for me the way I expected you to care for me, meeting my needs the way I expected to. And I talked about expectations a couple podcasts ago. When we expect things and we don't get them, we have a lot of intense emotions in between. So being willing to release that and then ultimately resetting ourselves and moving forward. And that comes with us creating affirmations or or words in how we want to show up with that reclaimed identity. Creating a statement or several statements that we begin to speak over ourselves and we begin to read on a consistent basis. I am okay when I set boundaries. It is good for me to set boundaries and to communicate my needs in a peaceful and calm manner. I enjoy communicating truth and love to the people around me. It is safe for me to communicate my needs to the people around me. Resetting how are are those contracts in our mind and then spending some time on a daily basis as consistently as possible as speaking those things out loud and also partnering with what does it feel like when I communicate those things. Imagine yourself in that peaceful, calm state that when you say those things out loud, that there's no pushback, that there's no fear, there's no anger, there's no dismissal, that the person actually receives it and accepts it. I want you to imagine what that feels like. You're already there. You've said it to the person. They've heard your words out loud You and there is not a negative emotional reaction from them. What does that feel like? And while you're standing in that particular feeling, I want you to start saying those things over yourself. It's safe for me to communicate what I need to. It's helpful for me to communicate my boundaries. I am speaking in love and kindness both to myself and other people when I do that. As we begin to do that on a daily consistent process, we can actually reset our brain to believe something different that begins to allow us to act differently and then it really shows up in the new identity that we have so wow I said a lot (laughs) I hope that this is kind of not kind of I actually hope that this has been super helpful for you and you're not alone I think we all have versions of it of people pleasing to some degree for however it entered in You know, honestly, from a really spiritual standpoint, we were all created from a place of being honoring to an individual, and that is Father God. We're all created with this desire to worship and please Him. And when Lucifer fell from heaven, his, his biggest desire was to be elevated above God, right? When he fell from heaven, he was, he, for those of you that aren't aware, there was like three main, uh, 
um, angel entities, so to speak, in in heaven's realm. There was Michael, who was over like the warrior angels, the warring angels, the fighting angels, right? There's Gabriel named, he's over the messenger angels and the communication side of things. And then there was Lucifer, who was in charge of worship. And, and I believe to some degree that what the enemy has spent time on in us by depositing little lies and little beliefs in us is that he's distracted us from really pressing in to that relationship with Father God and spending our time being in alignment and peace with God and worshiping him with our actions and thoughts. And he's distracted us by depositing this little lie that we need to please other people, that we're only safe and that it only feels good when we please other people, which is ultimately this worship of others and their responses to us. The truth is, is Father God holds you. He cares for you. He can love you and protect you much greater than any human being on on the face of this planet. So when we're willing to align ourselves with that identity of who we are and and reclaim it and walk out in this idea that we can be safe and be at peace and be loved and be fully accepted even if other people are frustrated, angry, upset or reject our boundaries or our ideas or our thoughts when we can recognize that Father God can hold us and love us and take care of us better than any human and we act on that we essentially defeat the enemy. But it's going back and recognizing where did it enter in, who's attached to it, doing the release work, and really recognizing and resetting it. Now, is this going to happen all in one fell swoop and you're going to wake up and you're going to be amazing at this? Maybe. But then again, maybe not. (laughs) I think, you know, as final thoughts, just know this, that We can do really, part of us doing this process is like starting to recognize it right now. And sometimes I explain to people like, listen, you may recognize it right after it happened. And then as you begin to practice these principles and work on resetting your belief system and reclaiming your identity, giving yourself new thoughts and new feelings, you may then begin to recognize what you're doing in the middle of it. Like you're in the middle of the situation in your mind maybe like, wait a minute, we're people pleasing here and you can adjust. And then it might get to the point where you see something coming, you recognize the feelings in your body, the thoughts begin in your mind and you're like, oh no, no, this is a temptation to be a people pleaser right here. And here's where I get to choose differently. So in some situations we may be able to instantly flip a switch where in other situations it may take us a bit longer And it's a beginning, the pattern of recognizing and resetting, recognizing and resetting. So for all of you out there that really feel this challenge to like, just master this immediately, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen with every relationship overnight. I believe that God gives us grace to walk out those things in us that we have a desire to change, or even that we get new information on to change. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. I'd love to hear your feedback on it again, Um, and I hope that you will join us for more Freedom episodes in the Freedom series on the Vibrant Voice podcast. 
If you would love to be featured or ask some questions about behind the scenes, again, feel free to reach out and contact me. Um, you can get a hold of me at vibrantvoice.life or Vibrant Voice on Facebook. And with that, I pray that you have a great rest of your day. We're so glad you took time to join us today for the Vibrant Voice podcast. We hope you found a piece of truth to connect with. As always, we love hearing from our followers, so please leave us a five-star review. And if you know someone who needs to hear the truth that you heard here today, please share our podcast with them. You can find us on Facebook at Vibrant Voice or on our website at www.vibrantvoice.life. Remember, your voice matters. See you in the next episode.